I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back, baby. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Perception, the show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Co. Matt Harmon here with you as you're listening to Reception of Perception, the show. My guy, Matt Harmon, is a little under the weather today, but uh, how are you feeling overall, pal? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, yeah. My wife definitely got me sick, so shout out to her. Thanks a lot for that. Um, <laughs> perfect timing right before right before the holiday, you know, uh, in the middle of the NFL season. It's a good time to be coming down with something. But hey, listen. <laughs> it's week 11, or we're heading out of week 11, going into week 12. Going into week 12? Uh, how crazy is that? No. No time for any excuses. You got to play hurt. Nobody's 100%. (laughs) You did it a couple weeks ago. Uh, I'm here now. It's all right. Nobody, nobody's here to listen to us complain. They're here to listen to the spicy takes and, uh, and everything we've got to deliver today. Unlike Zach Wilson, my guy, Matt Harmon is going to take responsibility. That's what's going to happen here. Oh no. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh, dude. Zach Wilson has just gotten absolutely blasted in the media, man. Like he is, it's just, people have gone off and like, I get it. The, the Jets looked absolutely horrible. Nine completions, 10 punts for the Jets offense. And when the press asked him about, Hey, um, what is it? Um, do you feel like you're letting the defense down? Cause the defense only allowed three offensive points. Um, you know, our guy, Zach Wilson says, no very curtly says no. And, and basically motions to, to, to say, okay, next question, but man, absolutely is getting destroyed. Tough look for, for Zach Wilson. Um, and you know, the, the real problem here is that, you, you know, you can't really hide from the reality of the situation, which, um, I wrote in my recap column for Yahoo that the problem, the biggest problem right now is Zach Wilson is that he is almost never the reason they win games but he is almost always the reason they lose games. <laughs> yeah, dude, totally. 100%. Not great. And then and then to say that, you know, look, it's become, a, you know, people have been dunking on him all day on Twitter, you know, in every yeah. media outlet. It's but the problem is like when you say that and everybody knows everybody knows exactly what I just said on the outside that that he's yeah. the reason they lose games, he's not the reason they win games. The worst thing is that the guys in the locker room know it. You know, Mitchell Schwartz, uh, who is a Super Bowl winning tackle for the Chiefs, he said today when, um, you know, some like Rich Tamini and other veteran uh, Jets reporters are saying that, you know, there are a lot of feelings in the locker room about not just about Zach Wilson's play, 
but about his the lack of accountability in the post game. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz said, "Who could have seen that coming? It's bad enough when you're playing poorly, and one side has a reason to be frustrated. Good teams work through that and don't let it affect their player mindset. But to be the guy that's playing the worst and not take any accountability, <laughs> that destroys unity. <laughs> and that's why I think." I, you know, I, I kind of thought at the end of that game, you know, because it's one thing for Robert Sala to get out there and, and say like, hey, you know, he, this is like three weeks ago that he said, hey, I'm riding with Zach the rest of the year. Like there's no situation where Zach Jeez. Wilson's going to get benched. And it's one thing for a coach to say that, man, but his face said a whole different thing at the end of that ball game against the New England Patriots, who also played terribly and also have no excuses for for what's going on there because they went ahead and had an unserious offensive coordinator situation in their quarterback's second season. So they're a whole nother. Like, we could fillet the Patriots for, for doing that as well. The only reason they got out of it, it was a, a, a special teams mistake on the Jets' part to punt to the punt returner with that little time left. Anyways. So we could be just as hard on the Patriots as we're being on the Jets. But for the um, for Robert Sala to say that and his face to say another thing, I, I don't know that I don't know what he would have said uh, this Monday morning when he was asked about Zach Wilson. But I think because of the lack of accountability, he the Zach Wilson put the Jets in a situation where they have to consider now benching him. And it sounds like they are going to consider not playing him because that's what the like not taking accountability for it, it. It really puts you in that position. Nine of 22 throwing the ball, 77 yards. Um, he probably should have had, I mean, he threw two balls that absolutely should have been picked or one should have absolutely been picked hundred percent. He threw it right to the guy. The guy was so surprised yeah, that Devin the ball McCourty. was, <laughs> yeah, Devin McCourty was so surprised that it was so far offline that he just dropped it. It caught him by surprise. Uh, and another ball, a second ball that uh, that may have um, gotten picked as well. Would have taken a pretty good play uh, to make that happen. But two turnover-worthy throws, certainly. Yeah, yeah but, but brother, it's hard to say that 77 yards on 22 attempts, like, and it's actually worse than the box score indicates. But it is actually worse than the box score indicates when you Dude, watch that game. And it's no like it's not like, oh, Bill Belichick really threw him for a loop. The guy just has terrible fundamentals. And anytime right. he's in a drop back passing situation, you know, no like gimmicky Mickey Mouse 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 routes and you know, no design stuff like that. He just can't do it. He just can't play in those situations. I'm saying the exact same thing four weeks ago, and people are mad at me because they're winning games. And it's like, no, you don't understand. I'm saying this because it's true. I'm, it, who cares whether or not they're winning or losing games? Zach Wilson is not good. Right. But people are saying, right. oh, you're a hater. Oh, you're a hater. You're a hater. You don't know what you're talking about. They're winning games. He's playing good enough because they're winning games like no dog. That's not how this works, dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To your point, they're winning games, not because of what he's doing. They're winning games despite what he is doing. Did I not say these exact goddamn things four freaking weeks ago? Well, I think the biggest problem, James, is that they are winning games. You know, if, if Zach Wilson was playing like this. And the Jets were, you know, having a losing season, whatever. To be like, okay, we can keep rolling with it. We can, you know, f figure out if he's the guy, whatever. But like, this is a team that's ready to win right now. Right and now. And by the right way, now. they yeah. acted like that in the off season. They didn't like stumble into having a good season this year. They spent a boatload of money to take their awful defense from 2021 and make it one of the best defenses in the NFL this year. They good. spent draft capital to bring in Garrett Wilson to take their receiver core to the next level. And that's worked out. And, you know, they tried to make some moves on their offensive line. They've had a lot of right. injuries there. That's been one problem. But 
Like, I don't care that the offensive line has injuries. That Everything should not have to be perfect for the quarterback to look league average. And Zach Wilson doesn't even look league average. No. I mean, he looks, he looks like one of the, like, statistically, his <laughs> first horrible. 20 starts look like, you know, some, some of the worst quarterbacks that have, like, some of the busts of, of yesterday. You know, they, look, they look like Blaine Gabbert. They look like those type of guys, you know. Um, so, I don't know, man. I just, I don't think this is salvageable and... I don't I don't know how the Jets because again the guys in the locker room if, if he doesn't have it and he's not taking accountability for it right. they know that and they're going to sit there and say like, I mean Garrett Wilson after the game yesterday was he said things to the kind of like you know this this shit's not acceptable like this shit won't fly it's not okay he was pissed about it and you know even said some things like I hope people like people in the building start to wake up or something like That's that right. you know and it's like this is a rookie who's been your best offensive player besides Brees Hall, who also is a rookie, by the way. And like, he's, he's calling out the team like this because it's, yeah. he's right. I mean, he's a hundred percent right. And Robert Sala even said today, he has no problems with what Garrett Wilson said, because again, he's correct. Oh God. Heaven forbid. If he said that after a win though, if he says that after a win, he's going to get put into the doghouse for the next, well, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. come on, dude. Like, <laughs> are you serious? Like, are you serious? You have no problems with this because it came after a loss. Okay. It's the exact same problems. The offense has looked like absolute dog ish for the past month, but no, it's fine. It's after a loss. So he said it. So it's fine. Um, but yeah, no, listen, I thought I really came away impressed with, um, with Garrett Wilson, actually the way he handled the loss and was talking to the media really made himself available, uh, was speaking openly and honestly, I, I really, I thought he handled that very well. Um, and to me, I, I'm just a bigger fan. Of Garrett Wilson, yeah. honestly, after the loss and um and and how he handled the whole thing. So there you go. Um, so do you right. think do you think they turn to to Mike White? Do you think they turn to to Joe Flacco? I mean, Joe Flacco still has more touchdown passes on the season than Zach Wilson. He hasn't played since week. Oh three. my God, jeez, is that right? Yeah, that's oh correct. I believe God. he has five. He had five touchdowns those first three games. Zach Wilson has two touchdown passes uh, or four touchdown passes since he has. <laughs> so, oh um, my God, yeah, that is so bad. It's like, and, and I know they recently made Mike so White bad. the number two quarterback and they yeah, made yeah, 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 Joe yeah. Flacco the third guy, right. I don't, which I don't really know that that matters a ton, but I don't who's know, man. Guy, I, who's the guy that you, you think can keep this offense in like reasonable down and distance? Because that's, that's really important. I think for this team, right? Like they don't have, they don't have a really yeah. good run game. Which one of these quarterbacks can keep them in reasonable down and distance? And I would actually contend. I actually do think it might be Mike White. Yeah, it might it might be. I mean, we saw some moments out of him last year. Uh, and you know, this is the thing. This is a um, Mike Lafleur. Obviously, comes from that Shanahan tree. Like typically for quarterbacks, this is the easy button offense. You know, this is like, well, okay, what's the ceiling? It's it about all these guys, like Jimmy G. Even. You know, people still have those questions about Tua, whatever. Um, I I don't necessarily think they're they're valid like in the Jimmy G type way. But again, Jimmy G, perfect example. What's the ceiling of Jimmy G in this offense? I don't know, but the floor is still pretty high. That's usually right. what it is for guys in this type of offense. Like the floor is high. It's the ceiling that's the question. But with 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 freaking Zach Wilson, this this the floor is so low. There's no floor to this offense, which is is crazy to say. But I, I think that like a guy like Mike White, again, maybe you're talking about the floor is a little higher, even with um, Joe Flacco, like the floor was higher. So uh, I don't know. I feel the only thing, the only reason that I think they might go back to Flacco over white is just like, again, we've, we've already seen Flacco start games this year. He had really good chemistry with a guy like Garrett Wilson, who's their best offensive player um, right now. 
Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I think I think it, it's either one of those guys has a higher floor just because the offense is really well designed. That was crazy to me, too. Somebody in, asked Robert Sala, like, are you have any thoughts of changing the play call? It's like, play call? Are you are you watching the games? Like, they, this is a really well-designed offense. It, it just the, the quarterback's just not playing well. <laughs> That's right. Um, I don't know. I, I, going back to the early games, and it's been a while since we saw Flacco, but um, I thought Flacco actually sometimes – put his team in jeopardy if that makes any sense you know like so yeah, more yeah, high high, well. high risk throws um and, and again i don't necessarily know if the deep look overall you want a quarterback that can hit a deep shot uh, but at this point in their careers too it's like can is flacco good at throwing a deep ball i know that's what he was his calling card yeah, no, in his prime really. but i don't think that's where he's you know making his hay right now right you know, the other thing, too, by the way, you do have to factor in because of the offensive line. Hey, you got to factor in a little bit of mobility. Joe Flacco is an absolute statue back there. I think Mike White could give you a little bit of extra mobility, too. So, you know, to, to be honest with you, I kind of think that Mike White is the guy. And given this defense and offensive structure and all the, the, the playmakers that they got, I don't know, man. Like, I think he can actually win a, quite a few ball games. Yeah, it's a good roster. And again, that's the, the problem that the Jets are facing right now is that it's not a, well. It's not a problem, right? I don't mean to say that, like, oh, it's a problem that their team is good, but it's the reason they can't just go out there and, well, all right, let's keep figuring out with Zach, like, yeah, because yeah, 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 this yeah, is yeah. a team that's that's ready to win right now, and like that's right. now they're out, yeah. they're out of an AFC playoff spot, you know, um, right. and that's just like their roster is too good for that. Period. Can we talk about the Minnesota? Like, bro, what the hell happened? An absolute dumpster fire playing at home. Like, oh my God. I don't know if I've ever seen a team just go from the freaking penthouse to the basement this fast in one week. Are you kidding me? They got absolutely shelled by Dallas. <laughs> yeah, they were on Kirk's ass right away. <laughs> um, you know, Micah Parsons and Curse and the boys up front. It was... It was crazy. And, you know, this was something I had pointed out about the Cowboys defense was that since Anthony Barr had gotten hurt, they had sort of started to play Micah Parsons off the ball a little bit. And and this is always funny about the Cowboys is that I feel like some of their best their best things uh, on their roster, they've like kind of fallen ass backwards into. Like they fell mm -hmm. ass backwards into Dak Prescott. Everybody knows they wanted Paxton Lynch. Then they wanted that like Connor Shaw guy. They end up with yeah, Dak yeah. Prescott. And he's like a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Top 12 quarterback in the NFL. He's a great player right um michael parsons they draft him to be like an off-ball linebacker and you know they have injuries up front in his rookie season they move him like closer to the line of scrimmage to rush the yep. passer he's like the best defensive player in the nfl you know <laughs> right. uh stuff like that always seems to happen with dallas right. um you know even tony pollard it's like pollard might be there you know right he's like right there with cd lamb in terms of the most valuable players on their non uh offensive line like their skill position guys yeah, yeah, yeah. he's fourth round pick you know whatever so Anyways, point being here, like they had moved Micah Parsons kind of off ball a little bit. Like they originally intended to play him when Anthony Barr got hurt, but then it was like they scrapped, but it wasn't great. It wasn't working. Their pass rush had so much uh, little juice. Uh, it just wasn't the same defensively. And that's really what their defense is based on is, is creating a lot of problems up front and, and being sort of uh, multiple with their coverage looks behind that. Right. 
they really got back to it. They got back to Michael Parsons rushing the pass. I know he suffered an injury in this game, but uh, early on, again, they were just on Kirk Cousins from the jump. And that was one thing with the Vikings that their pass protection has been a little bit troublesome this year, although their left tackle, Darisol, had been really Darisol, good. But right. mm-hmm. they took him to the woodshed in this one. And it was just like, hey, Kirk Cousins, I think, what did he take? Like seven sacks, more sacks than he's taken in any game in his entire career. They were just, they were all, Dallas was all over it. That was a great, great defensive performance. Well, Darisol also got hurt in the middle of the game as well. Yep. So that that definitely did not help. Yeah, he played, uh, what is it, uh, 30, 32% of the snaps before um, suffering a head injury and was taken out of that game. So uh, they were kind of sort of like on the fly trying to mend that tackle spot for Minnesota. And that's always difficult. But still, though, I don't know if that's an excuse for just putting up three points on a Dallas defense that is good, but come on, you can score on this unit. Um, And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, you can absolutely run on this unit. That's what I thought yeah. that Minnesota was going to do. Playing at home, Dalvin Cook, I thought, again, you want to neutralize Micah Parsons, run right at him. Run mm-hmm. right at him. And I thought Dalvin Cook was going to at least get some work, but my God, Minnesota's offense just got boxed up Dalvin Cook only had 11 carries but he still racked up 72 yards you know what I mean they just got down in the hole so far right um that they really just could not go back to him and that's really just it was the beginning of the end man it was it was crazy I, I Again, I, I was just like taken aback by how bad they were. Yeah, I mean, you fumble three plays into it. Uh, you go down twenty three to nothing, uh, or t- t- twenty three to to to, to you, know, you score score three points. They got twenty three points, twenty three to three. That's what I'm trying to say. You go down <laughs> to that in the first half, like you're toast. You're, you you can have an advantage advantage of the run game, but it doesn't matter yeah. at that point, you know. So, right. um, yeah, I, I think Man. Justin Jefferson said after the game that he wished they had adjusted faster. He wished they had. Um, you know, that was his biggest regret, uh, just was an embarrassing performance and a lesson learned. Like, I agree, you know, you get thrown off your, your, your right hook, your first punch. And like, what's your backup move? You know, what's your secondary move? How how can you play left-handed? And I think that's a question for Minnesota at this point is that when you get them off their script, um, how good, how well can they adjust? Um, I don't know that a team with Kirk cousins is ever going to be good playing left-handed. Um, but man, I mean, I, I do just. I do think you got to give a lot of credit to Dallas defensively in that game because they really came sure. with a great plan and Jesus. just like I said, took him to the woodshed. Man, Kirk was just like they they were on him right away. I mean, the score was ten three with about five forty to go in the first half. Ten to three, very close, very competitive game, and then the wheels just fell off. Oh my goodness gracious! Um, I, I, there wasn't even really much to evaluate from like a like a receiver. Per- like standpoint because Kirk, dude, Kirk Cousins had absolutely no time back. He was just getting absolutely mauled at the snap. It was crazy. You know, I did want to ask you about Dak Prescott though. You know, you talk about him being a, you know, a top 12 uh, quarterback in this league. And, uh, and I would agree with you. I would agree with you, but I do feel as if he's been in a little bit of slump. I don't, and like, I look at the box score and it's like, I kind of just, I don't even know what to make of it, right? Like 22 of 25, that's great. Um, 276 yards, two touchdowns, 88% completion rate, you know, a 139 quarterback rating. You're saying, why would James be talking about Dak Prescott? And it's like, well, I don't necessarily know if he made 
again, I go back to the first half when it's competitive. I don't know if he made a lot of great throws. Um, and to me, I feel like that's been something that's been ailing him for nah, maybe three games now. Um, a lot of his box score really pumped up by the fact that catch and run by Tony Pollard, right? And Pollard carried the day 109 through the air, two touchdowns, that 68 yarder where he just absolutely took the linebacker to school. Um, certainly helped pumped up Dak's numbers, man. Uh, Pollard looks awesome right now. Dude, too. He's unstoppable, man. It was great to see them get him going in the receiving area, too, because that was a, where I felt like he might make a big impact this year because of just the, the lack of guys beyond CeeDee Lamb, especially with Michael right. Gallup not being 100%. So that was great to see. I think that um, the, thing with, the thing with Dak right now is I think there's a little bit of a tension. There's a little bit of a push and pull because one thing that Prescott's really great at, I don't think he gets enough credit for, is how active and how good he is pre-snap. You know, identifying mm -hmm. coverages, pointing things out, getting guys in the right, right spot. But I also think that at the same time, like Kellen Moore really found himself as a play caller a little bit when they had Cooper Rush in there. They had so much like play action. They had so many layups, stuff like that. Interesting. Um, so many screens baked into it. Almost like the, the it's an ex, it's a less extreme version of like. You look at the numbers for the Patriots offense when they had Bailey Zappi in there versus what they do with Mac Jones, and it's weird how much they like made life easy for Bailey Zappi and they do not yeah. do it for Mac Jones. <laughs> right. This is like a different version of that where it's like, okay, you have Dak Prescott, who's this great pre-snap quarterback. He's great at finding those mismatches, stuff like that, um, but you don't always have to make it that hard on him like you know you could do a lot of the 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 um uh -huh. the easy button stuff that you had with uh with cooper rush in there and man i i think we're kind of figuring that out like just that marriage like how can we how can we bring the hard stuff in how can we bring the easy stuff in so this was a good uh moment for me like seeing those tony pollard design plays and stuff like that that yeah. felt more like okay we're blending in that stuff that makes life easy on the quarterback with dak prescott and I think Dak is just adjusting to that as well. That, that would be my, my thought on it. Okay, there you go. I think that's fair. Um, and again, I'm, I, I don't think he played poorly. It's just at the same time, it's like, mm. I think I, this whole I, passing game feels like it has meat on the bone right now. Yes, um, that's but, what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I think some of that is just like, didn't we, didn't we sort of expect that this is kind of what it was going to look like because there's just a real lack of, a lack of dudes there. Again, it's like mm -hmm. it's CD Lamb and then, you know, they're getting, they're playing Noah Brown a lot. And like, shout out to Noah Brown. Yeah. He's had some real nice moments this year, but like For Noah sure. Brown's a guy who's been like a special teamer his entire career. I know. Um, so, and you know, again, Michael Gallup is out there, but I don't think he looks like prime Michael Gallup because of Man. course not. He tore his ACL in January. It's like November right now. So um, yeah, I, I think it's, I think this Dallas offense is probably going to feel like that. And I think that's why they're one of the teams that really want to bring Odell Beckham in to bring somebody else into the picture. I will say this. I think Michael Gallup's coming on a little bit, at least from a health standpoint, because, you know, the first, you know, three or four weeks that he played, he played about 65% uh, of the snaps. And now his snaps have gone up to about over 85%. So I think from a health standpoint, watching him play, he seems to be moving a little bit more comfortably um, as well. But we'll see. I, I really think he's got a breakout game uh, coming down the pipe here. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Okay, let's move on. Can we break down this Chargers and Chiefs game? Because, man, it was just, it was such a good game. Back and forth. It was great to see Keenan Allen back in the mix. I thought he helped lift that Chargers offense quite a bit. And, of course, the, the special magic uh, between Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. But I kind of wanted to start with uh, on the Chargers side of things. Um, and Keenan Allen just, even a diminished Keenan Allen, because that's what he was in this game. Even a diminished Keenan Allen brought so much stability to this offense, Matt. They got a guy who can get open. They got a guy who can beat man coverage, who knows how to sit down against zone coverage. And, you know, I think since the moment Keenan Allen got hurt early on in week one, everybody has been playing like a peg above where they should. Even Mike Mm. Williams when he was out there, because I don't think Mike Williams is a number one receiver. Like, show me the guy who's an average to below average separator, who's a legitimate number one receiver in the NFL. I don't think you I don't think you can do it. You know, like there's nobody. You got to be able to get open. You got to be able to beat tight coverage. You can't just be a 50-50 ball receiver and be a legitimate number one receiver. So I think even Mike Williams was playing a peg above where he should have been because Keenan Allen's the number one in this offense because he dictates coverages and and he just, again, knows how to get open. And then when Mike Williams goes down, it's like, all right, now we've got Josh Palmer as the top receiver and and that's not going to work. And I mean, I like there are people in in the discord this morning asked me about, uh, you know, Josh Palmer and like his production of late. It's like, okay, last night's one thing because – I think he actually played really well uh, last night he against did. the Kansas City Chiefs, but totally. that's because Keenan Allen's back. And like, there, there's if there's one problem I have with the oh, there, I actually have a lot of problems with the way the Chargers design and call offense. But the number one thing is they have not adjusted the plays, the route combinations at all since they've had injuries. And it's like you're asking like DeAndre Carter to run the Keenan Allen routes. DeAndre Carter's a kick kick returner, okay? (laughs) And Keenan Allen's one of the best route runners in the NFL. Like, he's not going to do that. You know, Josh Palmer, like, moving around and trying to do this stuff, too. So when you have a guy that can legitimately get open and actually cause mismatch problems, that's going to make life easier for all the other guys, Josh Palmer included. And then, like, this is kind of one of the things that grinds my gears about, like, fantasy and stuff like that is, like, yeah, Josh Palmer had some good games coming into week 11. But the offense sucked. The offense was playing well below expectations. It's like right. wide receiver stats don't matter, bro. Like it doesn't. It doesn't matter if Josh Palmer's out there going like five for sixty-eight and a touchdown or whatever. If the offense is stuck in the mud, like nobody's sitting there, like you know what? We had a good game because Josh Palmer had sixty-eight yards and a touchdown or something like that. Okay, <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> P- point of that is, like, I think having Keenan Allen back just makes this offense like what it's actually supposed to be, and it, it's reflected in Herbert's numbers too. He has nine point three yards per attempt last night. He had he went under six the five pre- the four previous games. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and you talk about the efficiency overall, right? Like a seventy six point seven percent completion rate. Um, that was the highest of the season. The highest of the season. Uh, for Justin Herbert and and I get it you know hey listen K- Kansas City's pass defense their defense in general not very good 
right? But that's okay. I mean, still, overall, I thought the offense looked a hell of a lot better. 280 yards passing for um, for Herbert, two touchdowns and one interception. Um, Mike Williams gets hurt again, though. Boy, how concerned are you about that on the overall lasting impacts um, on the offense? And, and, you know, and could you actually expand a little bit on the whole Joshua Palmer thing? Because, man, I really did feel like he played well as a number two wide receiver. Again, when I say that I, I Josh Palmer is like not a guy I really like, um, I, I'm not saying he's an XFL talent or something like that. Like get this guy out of the league, but he's like, he should be at best your number three option in the passing game. And yeah. when you've got Keenan Allen, you've got Austin Eckler, you've got Josh Palmer, like that's fine. You can get away with that, but there's still like, I still think last night, like there's something to, there was, there was something missing, you know, there could be more there. That's why you miss You're missing a guy like Mike Williams. You're missing some of that um, vertical sideline passes, but look, they did a lot to get uh, Josh Palmer against zone coverage, uh, get him some open shots downfield. And that's great. Like, again, he's not a bottom barrel talent or anything like that. I just don't think he's a legit starting receiver in the NFL. And when, you know, he's used in that type of way, I think that can be fine. So, yeah, to me, Palmer's a, like he's a he's just a guy, right? Like he's like a Zay Jones type of player. Like Zay Jones can I got pop you. up for games every now and again. So um, I still think that the Chargers, yeah, they're going to miss Mike Williams. Who, when the hell is Mike Williams going to play at this point? You know, a high ankle sprain. He re-aggravates I it. I, you know, who I knows? Know. Like, I do think having Keenan Allen back, though, is is the is really the straw, the straw that stirs the drink here. Like he's the most important part of this offense because he is a high end separator. He can still really beat zone coverage and beat man coverage, all that type of stuff. So having him back is, is big overall for, uh, for the LA chargers offense. I mean, Keenan Allen, five of eight for 94 yards. He had almost 19 yards per reception. That is, that is very awesome. impressive, man. That's uh, very impressive, especially for Keenan Allen in the routes, uh, that he is running. Hey, I'll, I'll throw this out there to you. Um, Darius Slayton or Josh Palmer, who you got? Like rest of season uh, in fantasy nah, just or like, like as a, nah, like just a player? Talent. Yeah, just like uh, as yeah. a player, you know? Because I feel like Darius Slayton is, again, just like a nice professional wide receiver, but nothing special. But, you know, again, somebody I think that every football team would, would like a player that every football team would like to have on their team. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Slayton there. Um, just think he's more consistently valuable as a vertical stretch option um, than Josh Palmer is. He's got brings a little bit more speed to the table. Um, than Josh Palmer does. Like again, a lot of those pe- routes they get him deep last uh, last yeah. night. Those are a lot of like manufactured down the field. So, which again, that's great. Like Palmer can execute those plays, but I think you can find a lot of guys to execute those plays. Yeah, I I don't know. Slayton's not. A, he's a good example though. Not not from like a, a skill set standpoint, but just like a yeah, he's a professional wide receiver that's going to hang around. But what do the Giants like consistently try to upgrade? Even, not even just this group, which weirdly wanted to like kick Slayton out of town when they have like yeah. no wide receiver talent. But even the last Giants regime, you know, <laughs> right, drafting right. Kadarius Tony, bringing, you know, signing Sterling Shepard to a long-term contract, like always kind of trying to replace a guy like uh, Darius Slayton. I think that the Chargers at the end of the year will probably look at like their receiver core and think, okay, we can do a little bit better here. All right. Hey, how about on the other sideline here? It was Travis Kelsey and I, I don't even know who else, you know, I mean, our, our dude Sky Moore popped up a little bit. Um, you know, again, Kadarius Tony gets hurt again. Um, I don't even know how many snaps he played, but man, he got targeted one time and we just never saw from him again, but let's flip this, that conversation on its head. You say, okay, well, listen, you, you need Keenan Allen back. You know, you'd like Mike Williams to be back for your, as your number two. And it's like, when I look at the Kansas city chiefs, it's like, 
they just manufacture yards. They are manufacturing opportunities. And I get that Travis Kelsey is a, a Hall of Fame player, but it is very rare for you to have ever seen this good of an offense run through a tight end. Yeah, and I mean, they, they play this guy, Justin Watson, runs around on 97% of the dropbacks, more more than anybody <laughs> else on the team. Right. And like, let me tell you what, I don't, I don't got an RP chart on uh, old Justin Watson there. <laughs> I don't have a lot of takes ready to fire off about Justin Watson, yeah. you know? Um, right. But man, I mean, the way that Mahomes was obviously getting the ball to, to Watson a little bit, obviously getting the ball to Kelsey. I mean, they were the efficiency numbers out of their 13 personnel, which is one back, three tight ends last night against the Chargers was disgusting. I mean, disgusting. The, you know, getting the ball to this guy, Jody Forston, getting the ball to, you know, Noah yeah. Gray, stuff like that. These Noah other tight ends. Noah Gray. <laughs> What what is going on? I mean, we're watching. I mean, again, it's like we're watching the wizardry of of, of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, just like having a mind meld, um, doing special things here. Because I mean, like, dude, I'm, it's like, are you serious, man? Like Joe Fortson, like MVS, Noah Gray, Justin Watson, like who are these dudes? And they're manufacturing yards, man. Like it's really, I don't know. Like I said, I don't think we've ever seen something like this in the NFL before. Well, I mean, this is why it's like okay. I like Justin Herbert. I love Josh Allen. There's one, you know, Terminator right now in the NFL. There's one dude, and it's Patrick Mahomes, man. I mean, he's like, he's like a singular talent. I, I mean, he's the best. He's the best football player in the planet right now. I mean, <laughs> and he and he. We should have known that coming to the year. I mean, there were people that were legitimately like, dude, with the Chiefs, are they going to be fourth in the division? <laughs> what with Patrick with fifteen? I don't think so. Like, no way. I mean, he's he is a talent elevator and like I like Sky Moore but Sky Moore is a rookie receiver I think Sky Moore played really well last night um you know 37.5 targets per route run like he popped up a little bit um that yeah. was a nice call by you to call him a, a sleeper because here's the deal man you know for the for the Tony bros um it, it, like he was not involved the way I think people thought you know coming into the coming into the game like Sky Moore was on the field early like it wasn't as if Sky Moore was just there because then Kadarius Tony gets hurt you know obviously I think Tony would have had a nice game but he was still like a 40% snap player 50% snap player for for Kadarius Tony because he's a gadget guy he he's not really a guy that's going to go out there and win on a route by route basis and I think Sky Moore is learning to be that player and and then you know then you've got guys like Justin Watson and MVS who are not like legit separators either, but I mean, Mahomes no. is just unbelievably good. And, you know, I, I, I'm very like, how do you, if you're, if you're a team that's like, you see him trotting out there less than two minutes to go in, in a game winning situation, <laughs> dude, dude, I already, you already knew it was over. Like when, when the chargers took the lead and, and the chiefs got the ball back, you already knew it was over. I don't know how they're going to do it, but Mahomes is going to do something and and they're going to win. And plus, it's like <laughs> I'm watching the game with my buddy John Hansen, who's a Minnesota Vikings fan, right? And he's like, he calls the Chargers uh, Minnesota West, <laughs> you know, oh. where it's just like, like the fan base has been so scarred. They know it's over. It's you know over, what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was uh, that was tough, man. But I don't know what this was, this game plan that they they utilized here in Kansas City. Um, but I want to harken back to it. Like you talk about 13 personnel. They're using these three tight ends. Like you look at the participation here uh, for the Chiefs. Justin Watson played 87 percent of the snaps. There wasn't another receiver who played 70 percent. Sky yeah. Moore was third in participation and he played less than 40 percent of the snaps. Matt, what? 
what is this offense? Like, this is, this is like magic. And, and, you know, here's the thing. If Mahomes struggled somewhat this year, you could point to the roster and say, well, yeah, of course he's going to struggle because, dude, look at how they've constructed the roster. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't yeah. have reliable wide receivers. They don't have anyone who's a natural separator um, in terms of, like, man-to-man coverage. Like, adding Juju was nice, but that's not enough. Like, again, you talk about who's the one, who's the two. Like, Juju's obviously a number two. Mahomes and Andy Reid and the Chiefs, they had all the reason in the world. In a year, by the way, I feel like the entire NFL offense has taken a step back. Mahomes and company have just kept trudging on. Like that is, I mean, truly, honestly, it has been incredible. I really think like coming into this year, it, this is like a statement season for Patrick Mahomes because, and I don't really don't know like what is wrong with people uh, online sometimes where like the, you say something about Patrick Mahomes is like, oh yeah, but Andy Reid or oh yeah, but Travis Kelsey. It's like, just, just enjoy football for, for a second, please. Like, <laughs> And like, be honest with yourself that he's ridiculous. Okay, it's yeah, he's it's ridiculous. okay. It's okay it's, to, to be honest with, with what you like. It's okay to trust your eyes and just believe it. Okay, um, yeah. not have to just like try to discredit things all the time. <clears throat> but I really think this was like a statement season for Mahomes because it was his first year without Tyree Kill. Like there was obviously Correct. all yeah. this. Mm-hmm. And look, yeah, like you said, these guys are all fine. MVS is fine in what he does. Juju is a, a good player, but not a number one receiver. Um, like, all right, how do you elevate these dudes? Like, how do you, what do you do when you're surrounded by guys who aren't Tyreek Hill, who's a no doubt about it, top three receiver in the NFL? And I think this, and he's probably going to win, he's gonna be probably going to moonwalk to the MVP at this point, <laughs> oh, Patrick God, Holmes. Yes, so yeah, absolutely. it's a statement season. And I actually kind of feel, this is totally narrative stuff, but I actually kind of feel yeah. like watching him play this year and like the way he talks in like press conferences, he's just all business, all like, I think he kind of knows it was a statement season as well, especially because like Tyreek was out there, you know, yapping all the time in the off season about, well, Tua <laughs> just as good as Mahomes. And, and look, a lot of his Tua, Tua takes look great at this point, Tyreek Hill. But I yeah. kind of feel like Mahomes knew this was a statement season. And, and so far, like he's lived up to the billing for sure. Yeah, he's on a mission, dude. He is absolutely on a mission. It's it's just crazy. It's Travis Kelsey and I don't know who. You know, I mean, in, in a week where you're taking on the Chargers divisional rival in a week that, you know, you don't have Juju Smith, you you lose Kadarius Tony early on. You just I mean, you're out there making it up as you go and just magic, you know, just yeah. absolute magic. man. it's dude, come on. This guy's this guy's ridiculous. He's next level, dude. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
It's Reception Perception, the show. James Cole and Matt Harmon. All right. Um, I want to talk about another quarterback that I think is obviously extremely good, uh, but it just feels like this offense is just quite there, and I'm talking about Baltimore. Andy Holloway had a really interesting tweet uh, about Lamar Jackson. From since week three, he has six passing touchdowns in seven games, and in six of those seven games, he has fewer than 20 fantasy points. Um, mm. The the TV person in me wants to ask, you know, again, a good to- a good talking points topic is is Lamar Jackson done as a top five <laughs> fantasy quarterback? Yeah. Okay. That's that's the TV side in me uh, coming out. But no. But but again, I, I just think from a realistic standpoint, though, like, um, is it is it Lamar? Do you think it's the personnel? Is it the play calling? What is it? about this passing game right now that's just not in sync? I mean, I think it's a little bit of everything, man. Um, You look at a couple of different numbers for uh, the Ravens offense right now. You know, um, when you look at Lamar Jackson in terms of EPA uh, per dropback when throwing to – so EPA per attempt when throwing to outside wide receivers. Coming into this week, he was 26 in EPA per attempt when throwing to outside wide receivers. If you take it from week four – which obviously that's the week where Rashad Bateman got hurt. He was yeah. outside the top 40 quarterbacks. What? And, yeah, <laughs> bro. 40. I mean, like, yeah, right. Like the, we're talking about obviously some like small sample backup guys, but like yeah. Colt McCoy, Carson Wentz, these dudes who have Jesus barely played Christ. this year. Wow. Yeah. Right. Wow. That's what I'm saying. Like that's how bad it was. And, and yeah, of course, like, and I know Demarcus Robinson had a great game. Uh, yeah. He, he caught nine targets. Didn't you call him as a sleeper too? I, I think I saw you tweet that. I really wish I had stolen your notes on that one for FFL in the morning. I, I should have done that, but uh, you know that's all right. Maybe next time, buddy. I'll steal. <laughs> I'll steal off your notebook there. But uh, that well, was a great I mean, call. By the way, it's only on the website on your website, pal. That uh, that it comes up every Saturday. So uh, so our again, website, our our <laughs> fine, website. fine, fine, fine. Our website. But I'm just saying, like again, for if you're listening to the if you're listening to the podcast, you know, obviously go check out the website. But uh, but yeah, we we post those receptionperception.com notes. is the website. receptionperception.com. <laughs> Okay, go to the website. We 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 post those notes every single week. So yeah, and uh, and I gotta say, man, like this uh, the the sleeper hit rate right now is is pretty high, uh, because my God, I'm using your info, talking to you about football all damn time, and just you know, I just feel like we're we're mind melding some of these uh, sleeper plays into existence, man. No doubt, dude. I mean, that was a great call because the opportunity is so laid bare. So I, you know, I just making the point overall that like obviously the outside receiver position is a huge problem. Like Demarcus Robinson, again, shout out to him, had a huge game against the Panthers, caught all nine of his targets, went over hundred yards. But I mean, we're talking about Demarcus Robinson. I know like he was a depth player for the chiefs. And then he got cut by the Raiders, the Raiders (laughs) who are playing Mac Hollins on like 90% of the routes, bro. Like that's the guy we're talking about here. And he's their number one outside receiver right now. You know, Bateman, I know he was like inconsistent for fantasy and stuff like that. But again, he was such a huge piece for them early in the year. Like that EPA drop off. I meant, I just mentioned again, mm-hmm. it coincides with when Bateman went out, like he was the player that they needed. And I, I think that's a huge problem right now. The personnel is bad. Um, you know, again, we're talking about Demarcus Robinson, like Devin Duvernay is a nice player. You know, Lamar is not totally blameless, but I think he's played extremely well given the environment. And I definitely think like, in terms of people that watch a lot of film and, 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 you know, really like know about like route combinations and route design and stuff like that. I mean, Greg Roman is like 
he's definitely one of the, the America's most wanted when it comes to like the film bros. And I, yeah, I mean, a lot of bad route combinations. I mean, their third down okay. passing game is awful. Their third down passing game is terrible. And I mean, you see a lot of what the Panthers did yesterday was like, they're like, okay, we're not going to let Lamar just like take off and run on us. I mean, he definitely you, had a decent rushing game, but yeah. Do you ever notice that uh, Baltimore, I don't know if this like is backed up, but I just, I feel like just anecdotally, like when I watch the Ravens play, like on big third downs, like, and if it's like third and like eight or nine or more, right? Like, I don't know why, like Baltimore is always one of these teams where it's like two receivers are just way too close to each other, buddy. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that is the, the Greg Roman uh, playbook is, is two guys running the same route in the same area. And that is really, really tough, man. When you face a lot of man or face a lot of zone coverage, which as uh, you know, we talked about this with Marquise Brown um, in the in the offseason, why he's such a good zone beater and why that matters a lot is because he played with the mobile quarterback and Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And they're going to face a lot of zone coverage because teams are going to sit there and have eyes on the quarterback because they don't want Lamar scrambling all over him. So right. it's especially problematic when you have two dudes running routes in the same area against zone coverage. It's one thing if it's man up and like you could still just make sure. those plays, but yeah, good yeah. God, brother. Yes. Uh, yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Greg Roman playbook, the king of that, the king of that. And like design routes to like routes in the flat and wheel routes to Patrick Ricard, the fullback. Which, I know. Jeez, I mean, Pat, shout out to Patrick Ricard. He's like 300 pounds or something. It's, it's, it's absurd. Yeah. It's like, look, I love high, low concepts in passing games, you know, because it, it takes away, it, it allows a quarterback to like not have to turn his body to get to a second read. Um, but dude, like these aren't high, low concepts. These are like medium like mid, and high. Mid. Con- <laughs> yeah. Mid, mid. <laughs> like mid, mid. <laughs> You're like, what's going on? Like there's, this is either a bad play design or like, what the hell are the receivers doing? Like, I don't know. But, like, but it's been, it's been multiple receivers over multiple years. Yeah. It's everybody. It's like, and Hey, Mark Andrews is a good player. Hollywood Brown is a good player. Like Rashad Bateman's a good player, but those dudes are always in the same spot. And it's so um, it's continued this year with Devin Duvernay and like Demarcus Robinson and stuff too, man. It's just, it is a, it's a chat. It's a challenging offense. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I, to answer your question though, like the, the TV hot take question, I, I mean, I do, I, I do think Lamar is like an elite fantasy quarterback. I do kind of think that's like, that's over. I, it's just with this offense, there's no way like he can have eruption games because at literally any moment he can run for 100 yards and like multiple touchdowns. But right. Just from a passing game standpoint, I think you have to ask questions about like, well, the Ravens as a team, like what is their ceiling when the passing offense looks like this? And I don't think there's any reinforcements coming. I mean, like Deshaun Jackson, give me a break. He popped his hamstring in like two seconds, of course. So. <laughs> Like, talk about the most predictable outcome in the history of sports. It's like, oh, Deshaun Jackson, who hasn't played in forever, he's like 36 years old, and you're asking him to run go routes at full speed. It's like, dude, come on. Of course he's going to get hurt. Like, what? Like, he's been dealing with the hamstring since the Reagan administration. Like, what are you talking about? Like, (laughs) I don't even think he was born. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, it... It's crazy when you look at uh, the game log here for Lamar Jackson. He had three touchdowns against the Jets, who we now know are really good. 
right? He had three touchdowns against Miami, which their defense is at, and especially early on was really bad actually, because um, Xavier Howard was, was banged up, but then he posted four freaking five freaking touchdowns against new England. What? That's wild to me. Um, And then ever since then, starting in week four and beyond, just one touch, one passing touchdown, one passing touchdown, you know, in in week seven against Cleveland of all teams, he had zero touchdowns, zero zippers. Like what happened here? Um, So it's, it's curious to me that like, what the hell happened uh, from the early part of the season uh, to where we are right now, where it seems as if it is a little bit of a struggle for Lamar to get to, to shake loose, you know? I mean, Bateman, I, I would keep coming back to that. And, and it's, I obviously I'm a fan of Bateman as a player, but yeah, you talk, week four, that's when he got hurt. That's when defenses realized we have no one that we need to respect as an outside receiver. No one that we need to account for. Lamar has no one that he can rely on. And then, of course, obviously, Mark Andrews gets hurt as well. You know, and yeah, then we're really we're, we're really, really in a problematic spot. And then it's like, OK, we're talking about Devin Duvernay, who's a pretty good player, but like he's a design touches type of guy speed slot receiver um and like isaiah likely we're all begging to get isaiah likely on the field like he's a rookie tight end a position we all know is a slow burn position so and by the way we haven't even touched on the freaking backfield which is like just just as it was last year the dust crew you know Kenyon drake by the way Kenyon drake's got to be got to be the most hilarious like fantasy player of all time this year. It's like the exact moment you're counting on him. Nothing. But when you don't like when we're ready for it to be somebody else, (laughs) Kenny Drake back with a big game, baby. So that's just the way it is. Totally. Kenny Drake, 10 carries for 46 yards. And uh, he led the way for Baltimore. And um, you know, you flip it to the other side too. Let's, I just want to talk about Carolina just briefly, and then we'll get the hell out of here. Um, Get ready for Monday night football. Yeah, I know. But, But I mean, is it really possible that an XFL quarterback is better than a Heisman Trophy win, like number one pick? Like, I just I can't wrap my mind around that. Like, I can't get myself to understand that. Well, I mean, an XFL quarterback is better in Washington than a guy who went number two overall in Carson Wentz. So That's I don't true. See why, That's also true. I don't see why it should That's be that a shock. But no, dude. Actually, I you know a lot of the a lot of the uh, problems that we have about Zach Wilson are the same with Baker Mayfield, you know, like Baker Mayfield, his best season was 2020, you know, when everything was perfect, perfect, perfect offensive line, two good receivers and Beck or uh, no, they didn't have Beckham yet, but no, no, they did. No, 2020 was when he got hurt after Beckham got hurt. Right. But um, anyways, like they had a good Landry and uh, yeah, I can't remember who the other one was, but regardless, Richard Higgins, like the the point here is that like, Great offensive line, running game. Like you just have to play, like play action, a lot of screen passes, stuff like that. But the moment you took away that Mickey Mouse stuff, like the play actions and the screens, he can't play drop back passer. Like he he does the same thing that Zach Wilson does. Get the snap, boot out to the right, boot out to the right, because he doesn't want to go through progressions and read the field and like read out those like concepts and stuff like that. So I think like that's the that's the scary future for like for Zach Wilson fans and Jets fans and stuff like that is like. Yeah, Baker Mayfield, a guy who, when everything is perfect, he can be an average quarterback. But it shouldn't it shouldn't have to be perfect for him to be average. And, and Man, I, you know, my thing with Baker Mayfield, you know, when he was his most successful is when they just took the handcuffs off and just said, rip it, kid. 
you know, because he's not like you said, he's not like a high level thinking man's quarterback. You know, he's not Dak Prescott at the lines, like adjusting coverages and stuff and like moving guys around and doing those kind of things. Right. Like he's not that dude. Like he's not a guy that's getting to a secondary tertiary reads. He's not that dude. I thought that when he was at his best was when they again, I go back to the high low concepts and just one eye line, like one, you know, one eye line where you're just like, all right, I don't need to turn my head. I could either see high or low. And if it, one of one of those things is open, I'm just going to let it rip. Just let it rip. You know, um, I thought timing was big. I think I think he's actually a pretty good timing based quarterback, if that's what it calls for. Um, so long as he doesn't have to make those reads, man. Yeah. Um, and dude, he's got the requisite arm strength, dude. Like he can make throws. He can make all the throws. I think that's what kind of I don't know. Um, that's what's disappointing. You know, the guy can make all the throws other than Zach Wilson, by the way, Zach Wilson, you talk about the fundamentals, like golly, like buddy, like, is I like, again, neither one of us are quarterback guys, but isn't quarterbacking one Oh one, like don't throw off the back foot. Like he's throwing off the back foot. Every goddamn Set time. your feet. Stop bouncing around. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, these are t- definitely two of my like least favorite quarterbacks out there right now. <laughs> Anyways, it is wild though that um, that again in in the the Panthers quarterback situation, you know PJ Walker. Like, who would have thought? Like, golly, they really do miss PJ Walker uh, in that passing game. Hey, man, is there is there any hope uh, for this offense with nope. Baker Mayfield? None. No. Nope. So, okay, we're done. Okay. No. We're throwing up. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think so, man. I mean, I just think he's a bad fit for um, he, I don't really know what type of offense Baker fits well in. Um, I just don't know what he brings to the table at this point because he's so out of rack, out of whack rhythm wise. I mean, yeah, that game is. was there for the that game was there for the taking for them uh, against the Baltimore Ravens because their defense played a good game. But, mm. you know, just offensively, they're never going to be able to take advantage of stuff like that. Dude, Baker needs to go see a sports psychologist and just like figure out what's going on in his own head. Like he's just, I think he's so far into his own head. He can't unlock what he could do well, right? Which is again, just grip it and rip it. Like he doesn't even do that well now. Like that's the problem, you know? Like there's nothing he does well, which is which is sad. Like what, what the hell happened? Uh, with Baker. So I don't know. I don't get it. And like, you know, there was all those questions about his maturity levels and all those things. I will say this about Baker. Like, I do feel like he's like owned up um, to, you know, to his mistakes. And and if there's problems on the offense, I don't think he's ever really thrown people under the bus. He's taken a lot of responsibility. So there is some of that going on, which is cool. It does show some leadership traits, man. But golly, I think the guy just needs to like get hypnotized or something, dude. And like, just figure out who he was, you know, and just be that dude again. Yeah. You might be right. That might be all it takes at this point. Cause what we've got right now, not good, <laughs> not good. All right. So there you go. All right, man. Hey, listen, our time does run short for uh, Matt Harmon. I am James. Go, go check out the website, receptionperception.com. Be sure to leave a, a, a subscribe to the podcast, of course, and, uh, and leave a rating as well. Five star rating would be very much appreciated. Uh, and by the way, we're going to have a little sale on the website too, a black Friday sale. How about that? It's coming up uh, right here on receptionperception.com. Uh, and of course you can find us on Twitter, go to the website uh, to find out more about that black Friday sale. It's coming up very, very soon. For Matt Harmon, I'm James Cole. We'll see you.